Welcome back to Two Sisters and a TV, the classic TV podcast, where we remember and celebrate all things and everything classic TV. Today, we're going to take a look at a TV show that has been very near and dear to my heart for many years. That TV show is The White Shadow. The White Shadow made its debut in November of 1978, November 27th, 1978. It ran on CBS for three seasons, ending on March the 16th, 1981. Now, I loved this show growing up. I still love it. It comes on MeTV Plus weekday mornings at 10 o'clock, 9 central. Uh, The entire series is available on DVD. I think it's also available on Blu-ray. There is a YouTube channel that has all the episodes uploaded. They're kind of like in three-hour blocks. Like, um, you can watch a three-hour block, like three episodes, because of course the show is an hour long. You can watch like three episodes or something like that in blocks. But the entire series is also available on YouTube. This show really touched my heart growing up. And I sometimes think about it. I wonder, I still to this day wonder how many other seven-year-old girls were watching The White Shadow. Because I never missed it. It was on Monday nights, and I remember watching it from the very first episode. I saw the promos for it in the days and weeks ahead, and I just, I liked it. I thought that this looks like it's going to be a really good show. So I remember watching it from the very first night. Uh, That was the Monday we went back to school after Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving holidays, as a matter of fact. And I loved it, and I introduced my mom to it. Now let me tell you how my sister got into the White Shadow, because she too is a big fan. White Child was coming on Saturday nights on TV Land in the early 90s, and they had just started coming back on. I was, of course, so happy to see it. I hadn't seen it since it was on originally, and I was over the moon to be able to see it again. So I told my sister when I said, hey, uh, there is this show on. It's going to come on at 9 o'clock. It is called The White Shadow. And I watched it as a kid growing up. And I think that you're going to like it. Well, the episode they showed that night was the one from the first season. Uh, the title is We're in the Money, I believe. And it was when the team had a tournament or a game in Vegas. And they all went out there gambling. Unbeknownst to Coach Reeves. Of course, he found out about it later, but it was a very funny episode. And my sister fell in love with the show from that very first time that she saw it. And she, too, you know, still a big fan of the show. And so we have been so excited to put this together. It took some time because there were some things about the show we didn't know about. And it took a little time to get it all together, but we have it ready for you. And here it is today. So let's go ahead and take a deep dive into The White Shadow. Now, The White Shadow actually was based upon Ken Howard's true experience of playing basketball in high school. The show started, as I said, Ken Howard. He portrayed Coach Ken Reeves. Now, the premise of the show was that Ken Reeves was a big basketball player for the Chicago Bulls. And he was a big star, you know, and, and, and you know, doing really well, successful, the whole bit. He ends up injuring his knee in a game, and the injury completely takes him out of, takes him out of the basketball, pro basketball arena altogether. It sidelines him. He can no longer pray, play pro ball. So he is struggling with the fact that he has lost his career literally overnight. So not only has he is he dealing with that, but what's he going to do now? 
Well, his best friend in college, because he attended Boston College, his best friend, Jim Willis, comes to Chicago and tracks him down and offers him the chance to be the basketball coach at the highest school he coaches in L.A., Carver High. Now, at first, he's all kind of reluctant to take the job, but Jim Willis talks him into it, and he accepts, and he moves to L.A., and he becomes the coach of the Carver High basketball team. Now, the guys on the team, definitely a group of unforgettable characters. And that first, uh, the first two seasons, let's see, we have Hayward, Salami, Goldstein, Coolidge, Jackson, Gomez, Thorpe, Reese. I think that's everybody. And don't forget little Phil, who was the team manager. You know, little Phil, who wore the glasses, never talked very much. He was always on the scene. There were a couple of, like, other ball players you'd see in the background, like extra guys. But, um, yeah, so he becomes the coach. And, you know, they end up developing a close, you know, rapport with one another. I mean, the team respected him. He respected the team. He was always getting involved in their personal affairs, personal lives. He's always, like I said, making sure that he wants the best for the guys on the team. And they began to confide in him and trust him over time. And it wasn't a sugary type show at all. Now, I might be describing it in a way where it's sugary. The White Shadow, not sugary. The White Shadow, very authentic when it came to the storylines, the dialogue, the verbiage, everything. Now, Reeves was a tough coach. He didn't do everything right. Sometimes he was a little bit too harsh. He was very demanding. He was really good at what he did. Um, But he had a good heart and he cared about the players. The players, I mean, they're your your typical high school boys back in the late 70s, early 80s. I mean, you know, I love watching the, 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 the show just to see the old cars back in those days, to see the rotary phones. But the main thing I like watching about The White Shadow is just the the story the storylines were so good. They were so authentic. They were so real. And the show holds up very well in 2023 because the episodes and the storylines that were happening on that show, kids are still dealing with today. Things haven't changed that much. But as for how The White Shadow came into being, as I said, Ken Howard... I found this out when we were doing research for the for this episode. Kit Howard actually, um, he again was a basketball player in high school. He went to Manhasset High in Long Island, New York, and he was one of the few white basketball players on the team. And he was the only white player in the starting lineup. And he was actually nicknamed by his co. Um, by his fellow teammates, the White Shadow. So that was really Ken Howard's nickname in real life. Of course, after leaving high school, he went on to play ball, uh, baseball in college, basketball rather in college. And uh, of course, he ended up getting off into acting. And Ken Howard, of course, one of my favorite actors. I mean, he just had a way, every performance I've ever seen him do, he always was very authentic, very good at what he did. But um, this show was, was uh, created by Bruce Paltrow. Yes, that's the father of Gwyneth Paltrow. And so he was the one who created the show. And Ken Howard definitely had some input in the creation of the show, like the Carver Colors, uh, blue and orange. Well, those were Ken Howard's 
school colors back in high school when he was on the basketball team. So that came from him. Now, initially, CBS did not want to do a drama series. They wanted something that was going to be, you know, they wanted a half-hour sitcom. But both Ken Howard and Bruce Paltrow really were against that idea. They said they were not going to do another Welcome Back Cotter. They didn't want to do a sitcom. They wanted to do something that was really serious. They wanted to do a TV show that was realistic, not about fun and games and goofing off. Of course, these guys, they, you know, they goofed off, of course, and they, you know, had their fun and games, but the show was very serious. The storylines, the episodes were very, very serious. And so they did not want to go into this Welcome Back Cotter type of a, of a TV show. They wanted a realistic drama. So Ken Howard, Bruce Paltrow stood firm to the idea and CBS did relent and agreed to turn it into an hour-long drama series. It was produced by Mary Tyler Moore Enterprises. And of course, uh, her stepson, Mark Tinker, was involved in the show heavily. He directed episodes and he also was a producer and he wrote episodes. And um, the show, like I said, definitely... So authentic. I mean, just I don't know who wrote the dialogue, but these these guys. I mean, the way that they talk, the 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 language and verbiage that they use, very very real, very very authentic, very very real. Um, and like I said, the storylines. I mean, for example, there was the episode in season two when Salami began to have an affair with his teacher. There was the episode also in season two when both Coolidge and Thorpe slept with the same girl who happened to be Coolidge's girlfriend, and they all got an STD. There was the episode in season one when um, Reese's girlfriend was claiming to be pregnant, but she lied just to try to basically hold on to him. There was also the um, episode in season two when there was a new player on the team who died in practice. He suffered a cere- a, uh, an aneurysm and died. And that player, of course, was portrayed by Haywood Nelson, who was fresh off of what's happening. There were episodes about, I mean, there was the episode in season one, the second episode, when Jackson was revealed to be an alcoholic. There was the episode also in season one when Thorpe began to date a white girl. And there definitely was the negative reaction from her family. I remember specifically that her mother told Thorpe, well, what's her, her, the girl's name was Karen. And she's like, well, what's her family? What, you know, what, what's everyone going to say? Karen has a family. And Thorpe told her, he said, well, I have a family too. And, uh, you know, that again, uh, you know, very controversial episode at the time. Also, I mean, there was the episode where you have the autistic ball player, uh, became a member of the team named Thomas, who actually I found out went on to be a team manager in real life of a basketball team. So we all wonder what happened to, you know, people still to this day, I've read this, people still wonder, you know, because in the last scene, Thomas finally shoots the ball. Coolidge, the whole, you know, the team wants him to go out there and shoot the ball. Cool pulls him onto the court and he shoots the basket. People are like, did that basket did the ball go in people have asked you know about that for years and someone asked ken howard and he said yes the you know the ball went in 
But that too, very realistic. Um, there was the episode, I believe in season one, where there was a guy who joined the team and the players thought that he was gay and they had difficulty with that. And there also was an episode about uh, in season two as well, when it was revealed that Gomez's father was physically abusing him, beating him. Uh, in season three, there was the episode when um, Cool and Thorpe and uh, Eddie Franklin, who was one of the new guys who came in season three, they were all stopped by the cops and they basically, um, long story short, Thorpe, Thorpe was shot. And, uh, you know, so that was, uh, you know, very, um, an episode that was very, very, um, again, controversial. And, uh, you know, it showed about relations between, you know, the police and, you know, citizens and, 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 you know, young people and, and African-American males, um, so yeah, the white shadow likes it covered pretty much every topic you could think of. I mean, they didn't hold back. Bruce Paltrow and his writing team, they did not hold back with this show. And I, like I said, love watching it. I really enjoyed it so, so much. Um, now, of course, the other adults in the series or, you know, um, when I say adults, I mean other staff members, faculty members. Of course, you have Sybil Buchanan, who was portrayed by Joan Pringle. She was the vice principal of Carver High. She and Reeves definitely did not get off on the best foot. She was the one who would always call him out. And, um, you know, she didn't have, she was, you know, kind of intolerant of him. But, you know, they had a great chemistry. And there, I, I read this too doing research for the episode. There were people like, hey, well, they should have fooled around. Did they fool around? They didn't fool around because uh, Sybil on the show was married and she became pregnant as well. I think she was pregnant in real life as well because Joan Pringle was married to Teddy Wilson, who was best known as Sweet Daddy over on Good Times. So they were married for a long time and they had a couple of kids. Uh, He also made an appearance on the show, one or two appearances as her husband. So yes, Sybil was married and Coach Reeve just dated different girls here and there. But they did have a great chemistry. Their chemistry was amazing. It was undeniable. And who knows? I mean, had the show stayed on longer, maybe they would have had a little fling. That would have been pretty fun to see them have a little fling. You know, not necessarily become a couple and stay together, but fool around. Yeah, I would love to have seen and heard the team's reaction to that. Also, of course, you had Jim Willis. Uh, in the pilot, Jason Bernard portrayed Jim Willis. And in the TV series, Ed Bernard portrayed the character of Jim. The, no relation. The two actors were not related. Um, Ed Bernard had just come off of Policewoman. He was Styles on that show for four years. So, yeah, The White Shadow, like I said, a lot of fun to watch. I mean, there were definitely lighthearted episodes, too. Every episode was not serious. There were lighthearted ones, too. Like the time in season three when these guys were trying to do a singing group. They were trying to make a record and, and have a singing group. They were always singing in the shower, you know. And so they tried to, you know, actually make it real. It didn't go anywhere, but they still gave it a try. So, yeah, every episode of The White Shadow was not serious, was not something that was just really shocking and that was controversial and, you know, all that. So you had some ones that, like I said, were definitely pretty, like I said, just just, just fun, just funny. Um, nothing that was, you know, going on that was just, you know, um, really heavy or really deep. 
Now, the thing about this show is that the ratings were never very good for it. Um, the critics loved it. The White Shadow has a very loyal, strong fan base. You know, there are, I, I, you know, read several articles where people wrote about the White Shadow and how they liked it growing up. And I went over to the Internet Movie Database to do research as well. Everyone who commented on the White Shadow had nothing but favorable things to say about the show. If you look at the reviews on Amazon, um, again, favorable reviews, comments about the show. George Clooney was a fan of the show. He and Ken Howard worked together years later, and he said that he was a fan of The White Shadow as well. So it definitely touched a lot of hearts, including ours. Now, why did The White Shadow end after only three years? I have wondered that since the fourth grade. Because when it ended, I was very upset. Another TV show that ended, and I was absolutely furious, heartbroken, very upset, and very confused because I didn't know why. Well, I found out the reason why, and I still am baffled by it. The White Child did not end because of the ratings. Now, there were people who thought, and I thought it too, maybe, because in after season two, um, you had... A couple of the guys graduate. Hayward graduated, Goldstein, Gomez, and Reese. They all graduated. And then there were these new guys brought onto the team, like uh, Stone and uh, I can't think of the guy's name. Oh, another player who joined the team in season two, Vitalia. Vitalia. Yeah, he also became a member of the team in season two, Nick Vitalia. Um, but there were these other guys who joined the team and a lot of people were like, well, hey, the show probably ended when it did because of the new guys. It was not because of the new guys. Not at all. Uh, yeah, there, like I said, there were some cast changes. Like I said, the guys definitely, like I said, um, because Bruce Paltrow wanted to keep it realistic. He felt that someone needed to graduate. Don't just keep them in high school. Let someone graduate. And that's what he, he decided to do. Let some of them graduate. And he kept um, Coolidge. Thorpe and Salami around and then brought in these new guys. And also Ed Bernard left the show. Uh, Jim Willis got a promotion. He got a uh, job with the Oakland School District. And then Sybil became principal of Carver. But it had nothing to do with the cast changes, I found out. Nothing to do with that at all. The ratings were not bad. It was not a ratings issue. I found out that the reason why the White Shadow was canceled was because it was reportedly hurt by being labeled a quote-unquote black program. What does that even mean? I don't even know what that means. I don't even understand. What, what does that mean? Hurt by being a black program. I don't even understand. Where, I mean, there were quote-unquote black programs on TV at the time. I mean, the Jeffersons was really uh, getting its highest ratings in the early 80s. Um, you also had had on, I mean, you'd had Good Times and Julia, What's Happening, Sanford and Sanford. So you mean to tell me that because the show had a predominantly African-American cast that that hurt it. I don't, I don't, that I still don't understand what that means. If someone understands it and can break it down to me, to us, please hit us up. Feel free to let us know what that means because I don't understand what in the world that meant at all, what that means, what it meant, but that's why they ended the show. The last episode of the white shadow uh, basically, it was alumni week, and we got to see what was going on with Reese Hayward, 
Gomez and Goldstein, they came back to Carver and they got to meet the new guys and everybody was back together. Now, notice I did not mention anything about Jackson, Curtis Jackson. Well, in season two, for those of you who do not know, I don't remember, Jackson was killed off of the show, which I'm still stunned by that. I still hate that they wrote it that way. I know they were trying to be realistic, um, but I really hate that they chose to kill off one of the guys. These guys were about to, you know, play for the championship and they were all excited about it. And so they were having a party and uh, Jackson went to the liquor store to get some more wine and he was shot. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Someone was trying to rob the liquor store and Jackson got killed. I couldn't believe that when I saw that happen. I was absolutely dumbfounded. And even to this day, I hate to watch that episode because I like Jackson and I hate that they chose to go in that direction and kill off, uh, kill him off, to kill off any of the guys for that matter, to kill off one of the players on the team. That was just stunning. Um, so, um, yeah, I still can't believe that. But as I was saying, not every episode, like I said, was, was very serious. Uh, another one that comes to mind that was very lighthearted was when Cool became a TV star for a while. He was on this TV show and he got full of himself and it's, it's late in season two, this episode, I can't remember the name of it, but it's really funny. Again, that's another lighthearted one that, uh, that, that they had of the white shadow. But uh, as for who my favorite of the guys uh, on the team, who was my favorite, my favorite was and still is Thorpe, portrayed by Kevin Hooks. Morris Thorpe this has always been my favorite because Thorpe, he was so smooth and he was just, I mean, he could talk his way out of anything. He could talk his way into anything. The guy was suave and smooth and funny. Just the way he would say things. Just the way these guys would say stuff. I still find myself laughing out loud. I watch The White Shadow. I watch it as often as I can. And I find myself still laughing out loud all the time. And Morris Thorpe, definitely one of the best when it came to just the way he would say things, the things that he would say. My sister's favorite, however, is Coolidge. Warren Coolidge. He he was portrayed by Byron Stewart, and he is her favorite. But, uh, yeah, The White Shadow, like I said, definitely one of the best TV shows of all time. One of my favorites, one of our favorites. Um, and as for what happened to everybody, well, I had to do some research and dig some, do some looking around because I really wasn't sure. I have known for years that Thomas Carter, who portrayed Hayward, Kevin Hooks, who was Thorpe, and Vincent, not Vincent, Timothy, or Tim Van Patten, who portrayed Salami, all went on to be successful directors, Emmy-winning directors, all three of them. They have directed movies and episodic television, and Thomas Carter actually directed a couple of episodes of The White Shadow, as a matter of fact. Like the one when Salami was involved with his teacher, he directed that. So uh, they all went on to be very successful directors. The other guys on the show, they all basically continued to be in episodic television, um, as well as Joan Pringle. She was on the soap opera Generations in the 90s. Um, Ed Bernard, again, stayed in episodic television. He, uh, I saw him recently on an old episode of Hardcastle and McCormick from 1984. So they all pretty much stayed in the business, except for the actor who portrayed Gomez, I cannot pronounce his last name. I know his first name is Ira. 
I'm not going to bungle that gentleman's last name, but he became a pastor. He is a pastor and he um, is, uh, you know, still in L.A., but everyone stayed in the business. Um, Ken Howard, of course, went on to, you know, he had a very, you know, solid career before the White Shadow, but after the White Shadow ended, he continued to act. He became the president of SAG, the Screen Actors Guild. Um, He was in everything from Dynasty, the Colbys, Crossing Jordan. He, uh, I think his last acting part, I believe, he's also in Melrose Place. Um, I think his last acting role was on The Young and the Restless. For those of you who are familiar with that show, he portrayed Phyllis's dad, Phyllis and her sister Avery's dad, and he was dying. And, uh, you know, he and Phyllis were estranged and uh, some really um, powerful scenes between the two of them. And after his passing, uh, Michelle Stafford, who portrays Phyllis, had nothing but good things to say about working with Ken Howard, as did Jessica Collins, who portrayed Avery on the show. But I always liked Ken Howard. He just was a very good actor. Like I said, he really just was just really in his element, no matter what role that he was doing. Now, Ken Howard passed away in March of 2016, March the 23rd, 2016. He was five days before, uh, this was five days before his 72nd birthday. He died from pneumonia complicated by a case of shingles, which he'd been hospitalized for, and prostate cancer. I remember hearing about his passing, reading about it. I was at work. I was just about done. My shift was almost over, fortunately. And I happened to look at my phone and I saw about his passing. And of course, I was very, very sad to hear about the passing of quote unquote Coach Reeves. Because no matter what I have seen Ken Howard in, no matter what I will see Ken Howard in, in the future, to me, he will always be Coach Reeves. I think to a lot of us, he will always be Coach Reeves. And that's not a bad thing. The other cast members who have passed away from the White Shadow are Nathan Cook, who portrayed Reese. He portrayed Milton Reese. Um, He, too, stayed in episode of television. He was actually on the TV show Hotel, which ran from 1984 to 1988, or maybe 1983. I think that show started in 1983, I believe, and it ended in 1988. It was an Aaron Spelling production. And he portrayed Billy. He was the head of security at the hotel. Hotel starred James Brolin and Connie Selica as well. And I always liked the character of Billy. He was always, you know, really, you know, really cool, laid back character, very likable. He was also a part of the game show circuit. He was always on the pyramid shows with Dick Clark. He was a very good player. Sadly, he passed away in 1988 at the age of 38 due to a severe reaction to penicillin. I'm reading about his passing in Jet Magazine. And again, very sad to hear about that. I always liked him, liked him on The White Shadow and on Hotel. Also having passed away from the cast, Larry Flash Jenkins, who portrayed Wardell Stone. He's one of the new guys who came in season three. Stone amongst the new guys was my favorite. I think he was the favorite uh, among a lot of people um, when it came to the new guys who joined the cast in season three. He died in 2019 at the age of 63 of a heart attack. Everyone else Within from the cast of the White Shadow, they're all still with us, and um, 
I have to tell, you know, tell you, I can't tell you enough, rather, how much I still enjoy watching that show, how it was an honor and a privilege to have grown up watching it. I watched it from second grade, third grade, fourth grade, and it was a joy and a delight to watch every Monday night on CBS. And it's a joy and a delight to watch now as I'm in my early 50s. And it was a joy and a delight to share the white shadow with my sister because she too is as big a fan as I am. And we, again, we're so excited to put this episode together and we are so excited to be bringing it to you right now today. Again, as I said, the white shadow is available on DVD. It's on YouTube and on MeTV Plus. So you can see it as often as you like in a couple of different ways. So kudos to the white shadow. Kudos to everyone who was a part of the show. And, uh, you know, also, by the way, um, Jackie Cooper, the child star, directed the pilot of The White Shadow, along with several other episodes in season one. He won an Emmy for his directing. So, uh, yes, The White Shadow, definitely an Emmy-winning show. By the way, I forgot to mention before we close the episode out, uh, Byron Stewart, who portrayed Coolidge, reprised the role of Coolidge on St. Elsewhere in the mid-80s. I never watched St. Elsewhere. Very popular show. I just never got into it for some reason. But uh, this was another Bruce Paltrow show. And so uh, Coolidge was working at the hospital as an orderly. The way that it was written... Coolidge had to give up basketball due to an injury and he moved to Boston and he took a job as an orderly at the hospital. And there's actually an episode where he and Tim Van Patten uh, saw each other in the elevator and Coolidge said, hey, Salami, I've never seen this. I read about it. I'd love to see it, though. Uh, Hey, Salami. And Tim Van Patten says, oh, I think you got the wrong guy. And Coolidge is like, hey, it's me, Coolidge. And then I think the elevator door shut, and that was pretty much the end of it. Speaking of Timothy Van Patten, just want to clear this up as well, because I didn't know this for years. So for those of, because a lot of people, including me, thought that he was the son of Dick Van Patten. But I found out some years ago that they were not father and son. They were brothers. They were half-brothers. So just wanted to put that out there as well. That, uh, yeah, Timothy Van Patten, the half-brother of Dick Van Patten. So, yeah, thank you so much for joining us today as we took a look back at The White Shadow, one of the best TV shows in the history of TV. I wish, wish it would have had a longer run. I wish that there would have been a real decent series finale. Like, you know... Coach Reeves decides to leave Carver or maybe he gets married or whatever. Something happens. But it would have been great to have seen a real bona fide series finale to the show. And I wish it would have stayed on for at least another season or two. There was a uh, a gentleman over on the Internet Movie Database who said the show should have been on for 10 years. And I was like, yes, I agree. Should have been on for 10 years. He said it should have been like Saturday Night Live, a revolving door of new players. I couldn't agree with you more. I completely agree with that gentleman. I can't remember the name, uh, his name over on Internet Movie Database, but I agree with him completely. A show that good definitely deserved a much longer run. 
But I'm thankful that the show was on at all and for the run that it did have because it brought me and still does. It brought me, brought us, and still does a lot of joy. So thank you for joining us for Two Sisters in a TV today as we remember it, the white shadow. We'll be back with a brand new episode next week. What that episode will be about, we're not quite sure, but hopefully it'll be something that you'll really enjoy. Thank you for listening, subscribing, rating, reviewing, and thank you most of all for your time. So we'll be back with a brand new episode coming up very, very soon. Like I said, I'm sure that it'll be next week. And when that episode drops, we'll see you all then.